You just gonna eat all the candy, or are we gonna start the show? <laughs> <laughs> you really just started the show? Yep. Really? Yep. We have Hang a nice a candy second. pile in the in the Hang studio, and Tarun's been complaining today because the candy pile keeps dwindling. Because you keep giving it away. I know. Well, the funny part is, it's not even our candy. It's an organization's candy that we just keep eating every every. Why meeting. are you giving this all away? <laughs> you never know who's listening to this stuff. I, I can tell you, it's probably not the people who are in this organization. You know, I haven't been to the you know confession. I haven't been to the dentist in a while. Neither have I. It's. I was thinking about that yesterday. Actually, I'm thinking about that right now. I've been trying to eat like yogurt and bananas instead of candy. Like, hmm. I guess that would work. I don't want to start like a a discussion on health insurance or anything, but I don't have dental insurance, so I've just been waiting for my job to start to go to the dentist, and I haven't been in like three years because of that. You're not on your parents' insurance. No. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind of gross three years yeah it's really gross that's, I've never, I've that's ne- really gross well, i've never had a ca- never had a cavity before mm. but i mean i might now i do probably you brush do. your teeth uh three to four times a day you're kidding me. i'm not you're 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 totally kidding me. i am not three or four times a day and everyone thinks it's crazy when i tell them this and like and you've never been to the, you haven't been to the dentist in three years what's wrong with you no 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 then it makes sense i guess but here's my thing like do you carry around a toothbrush with you uh, no i'll do it once before i get when i as soon as i get up maybe once before i leave my house then once when i get home then right before i go to sleep wow <laughs> Wow, I, that's the most I've ever heard anybody doing unless they were a dentist. Uh, again, okay. when you don't have health insurance, it's kind of like playing Russian roulette with your teeth. It's a game you don't want to have to play, so you just brush and brush often. Uh, every time I hear dentist-like noises, it just turns me off from going that they're really loud. Like Yes, yes. This is Weekly Download. It's not... It's not about insurance. <laughs> That's for sure. We talk about technology. We happen to be on episode number 34. Isn't that amazing? It is. We've episode 34. Yeah, we have been. We've been doing a lot of these to like basically like an empty cave. <laughs> Potentially people coming in and maybe listening. Just depends. Um, I'm really glad for this show because there's actually a wide variety of things that we can talk about. I bet the change. Windows phone is on his mind. The yeah. Lincoln, the Lumia 900. It, it definitely is on my mind. Um, that and the 800 and the differences between the two. So maybe we can talk about that first. Um, well, basically, what is it? April 8th? Yep. April 8th, AT&T has finally announced that the Lumia 900 which is the succession or the whatever you whatever the term is the successor okay there you go for the 800 (laughs) will be released for the first time and by the way the 800 wasn't released in the u.s so this is the first time a nokia lumia flagship brand phone will be released in the united states at a groundbreaking price of I don't remember. Ninety nine, ninety nine. Seriously, seriously. That, so yeah. with a two year upgrade, that beats out all your other phones that are on the market that are worth buying, unless you want a Samsung Galaxy S two for nine ninety nine. Then you may go ahead and go for that. L- I love how they're advertising the final four when it ends in about two weeks. Oh, you want a phone for a cent? The Samsung Flight yeah, there it is. number yeah. two Boom. is for a cent. So maybe that one's more worth it than the uh, Lumia 900. Maybe. maybe. 
So anyway, Lumia 900, basically uh, a iteration of the 800, including eight LTE and bigger. Which has been a complaint of yours in the past. It's a complaint of mine, but I guess it's not a complaint of the United States of America. Well, you know what they say, bigger's better, bigger waistlines, bigger... <laughs> So, and it's interesting because this phone is also being rela- released up against the HTC Titan 2, which is also a honker. Right. It's a big old honker. It's like the same size. And so, um, if you can imagine, I think it's basically, it's between a Galaxy Note and an iPhone. Like the, the Lumia 800 is the size of an iPhone in diagonal of screen anyway. Mm-hmm. And the Lumia 900 is... Um, I think 4.3 in the diagonal. So it's a, it's a little bigger. Looks like when people hold it in the hand, it doesn't seem so bad. Natural or... Um, right. I, like, a way too disproportionate. But I do think that I've been used to carrying the iPhone for so long. And if you want people to defect, you want to come up with a device that's basically in the iPhone caliber class that people would like to carry. And you're so, willing to say that this device is probably going to be that for you. It's... I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that's a yes. Turn got caught up in a message. <laughs> Wait, what was the question? I said, and this device to you is going to be that essentially. Like you think it's going to be able to 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 play on that field and that level. Well, it's sh- it definitely with the software and the hardware and the thought that they put into the design. I completely agree. But if people don't like the bigger size of phone, and that's just gonna depend largely on people going to the AT and T store and looking at it and going, yeah. I want it or not. That's what I'm going to be doing with the sure. 900. I mean, I'm going to go in there, and if it's too big, I'm going to immediately say no. And then I'm going to go buy a Lumia 800 from China or something like that instead. Uh, I was about to say, if you don't buy the Lumia 900 and you don't buy a Lumia, I will then, the next podcast we have, go through and find every snippet of every <laughs> podcast. But I'm just waiting <laughs> on the Lumia 900. Yet. No, I'm definitely, I, I'm pretty, unless I go there and experience it and and I'm pleasantly like appalled, I guess. <laughs> pleasantly appalled. Yeah, there's the today's oxymoron. <laughs> then, um, you know, I'll stick with the iPhone, but I, it's likely that I'll go, you know, I want something different. I mean, I keep saying that over and over. Let there's me point out why I that you won't get Angry Birds space. No, I'm not an Angry Birds person. Neither am I, but I saw where they gave no love to Windows Phone. Okay, keep the show going for a I second. will. Okay, Tarun is just getting caught up in madness. I'm not sure what's going on here. But uh, the Lumia, yeah, so that's Tarun's device. We're going to probably move on because I don't have much to say about the Lumia, don't much care about the Lumia. Um, With that being said, let's see what else we've got on the old chopping block for this week. Uh, The Windows Phone Challenge. We'll stay with the Windows Phone. I thought this was pretty interesting. If you're near a Windows Phone store, there's uh, actually a, a challenge going on right now where if you beat a Windows Phone, you can receive a laptop and you'll be able to... um. You'll get a handset and a laptop. I thought that was pretty interesting. There's a big uh, drama going around right now because someone beat the Windows phone and w- my, the Microsoft store said you cheated. Yeah, because apparently you can't use widgets right, or something right, like that. Yeah. They ended up they saying, ended up okay, giving them yeah, we'll, we'll give you the laptop everything. anyway. That's the power of Twitter. Yeah. That, that basically <laughs> explained why social networking can really kick your ass right. if you don't follow it. But so I was telling the listeners while you were gone. Yeah, I might leave again. By the way, phone challenge, and um, I think it's a really cool challenge, and I thought it was a brilliant ad campaign. Um, and if I could, 
if I could do it, I would do it. I think I also heard that they were saying that if you wanted to trade your phone well, after it lost, you say, could do yeah. it. If you lose, they will let you trade your phone for free, straight trade. Um, I can't believe that. I really wish there was a Windows phone or Windows store near me because I would just grab one of my old crappy devices. Exactly. <laughs> and be like, oh, I lost. Dang. So give do me they, a, give me I wonder if they trade like with an equivalent class like or value. You get or to pick. You get to pick? Uh, I mean, it's you. Get, there are like a couple of options. HTC, HTC Titan, isn't that a Windows phone? Yeah. The Samsung, I forget what they call it, um, on AT&T. And there, there are a few devices. I saw the list somewhere the other day. But yeah, there are a few devices you can pick from. Uh, the Lumia was not on there. The Lumia 710 for Nokia was there, but uh, who wants that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're going to get a Lumia, you got to get it above the number 800. I think actually <laughs> there's like, I think there is an 80-something in between the two. Seriously? Yeah, I don't remember though. Uh, I, I didn't know. Okay. But yeah, so that's the Windows Phone Challenge. Pretty snazzy. Wait, so are we done talking about the other thing? The Wait, Lumia? I wanted to mention... I had nothing did to you, say about did the Did you Lumia? mention the, the this... Uh, this quote, because I thought this was pretty astute of this one commenter, who basically says, quote, bad news for Android, not so much for Apple. People don't buy phones because their carrier rep recommends them. They buy the iPhone because it's the iPhone. The iPhone's popularity is out of the carrier's control. But Android, on the other hand, if most people walk in and ask for a touch phone, they're going to be p- moved towards an Android if they're guided towards a Windows phone, they're gonna then they're, they're going to get that instead. Let me just point out, where did the, we go? We're about nine minutes in before we discussed an Apple-related product. Nice. <laughs> I'm trying to keep track. Okay, well, so look, I mean, and this is a great point because typically Windows phones, they're okay. They're, right. And I think, if, I think that this is a little misleading because they're not doing it already. I think that the reason that this particular quote is important is because AT&T has been, is going to push the Windows Phone because they believe in it so strongly because they're purchasing so many. And I think that we here on the show sort of if we couldn't pick an iPhone or an iOS device, the general consensus has been we take a Windows Phone. Right. And that's not because I think that Android's necessarily terrible. I just think the fragmentation of the ecosystem is really killing it. I think I read a tweet today that someone said we we support 99% of the Android devices that we support, which are 704 phones. Like somebody has to say that because of how fragmented they are versus right. like, you know, a few handsets for the other device. Yeah. iPhone. We right. support the iPhone. What? Five devices. Yeah, basically. And, and you know what? People don't even support the first generation iPhone right. on a lot of things. I wonder how many people are 3G. still using that thing. I don't know. I, I sure think people are still using somewhere. the 3G, but yeah, I'm sure there's a niche group of people who are still using that thing, but probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too slow. That's the thing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, are, is there any more Microsoft stuff? No. I, I think we're good. Okay. I mean, we're on the, the bandwagon. We might as well quickly just get our the rest of our fanboyisms out of the way. The iPhone outsells BlackBerry in its home turf. Grats, Rim. Grats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just lost. You in, are doing great. In Canada, Blackberries uh, were outsold by iPhones. Not a whole lot to say there other than we told you so. It's surely a devastating psychological one for Rim, a Canadian success story. How many Canadian success stories are you <laughs> familiar with? Maybe Wayne Gretzky? I guess it's another it. one. Uh, there's an depo- instructor in the department. Talks about being from Canada all the time. You've got him. I've got him. You see him Tuesday nights. I see him Wednesdays. Canadian bacon. 
<laughs> That's kind of a well, not uh, really. No, I people think usually American, mock that. Yeah. American bacon's a little tastier. Yeah, I think so. I don't eat bacon, but on the subject of Apple and really creepy patents, ads based on the environment that you're oh, in. Oh yeah, I saw this. So apparently, Apple has put in a new. Is it Apple or is it Google? Actually, it's Google, isn't it? It's Google who filed the patent. Let's look. It's mm, Google. Google. Obviously. <laughs> so you pick up the phone and you're talking with someone. And s- let's see. What would be a good example of this? Think of a good one. Talking about the election or something? Or mm. That's always an easy one, I think. To well, it's like, okay, you go, you're at a dance club. <laughs> and you pick up the phone. And I guess... After you hang up, your ad experience of wherever you are from then that that data point onward is influenced by the background noise of oh, that, that phone right. call that that Google intercepted via their secretive, creepy <laughs> ways of doing things. You know, people weren't concerned about Big Brother before. It doesn't get any worse than this. So, and also there's some other background conditions. So temperature, they could keep a track of location where you are. So if I pick up the phone and there's a Starbucks near me, maybe the next ad that Google will serve to me in my search will be for Starbucks. Because the idea would then be I'd look up and be like, oh, I'm in the mood for a latte. Right. I mean, it all goes back to Minority Report. It's all going to go back to Minority Report where somebody's going to be walking into a business and... They get served an ad based on their eyes looking around and them fixating on a point, say, like Starbucks. So maybe if this Google Goggles thing takes off where people are looking, I mean, that's going to influence where or where the goggles are in location relevant to what they're interested in. Those are the kind of ads you're going to see. So it's kind of dealing with this whole emerging personal informatics space where you are, what you're eating, what you're doing. And Google has the power to take advantage of that data, whether or not they should. You know, there's a lot of guesses for whether that's the best thing or not. And with that, I leave you to carry on to whatever else we're talking about. Where else are we going today? I don't know. The the tech world's been kind of slow lately. I I don't want to say slow, slow, but... um. How about... Rapping about this thing for a second. Actually, this is kind of something I really wanted to focus on. All right, pause the show. All right. We're pausing We're the gonna show. We're going to take a brief pause. No, you... you <laughs> You can't stop the show just because you want candy. All right, all right. Okay, people are going to be really confused by that gap. Anyway, we took a brief gap, but to oh, I left the, the door open. We didn't do a gap at all. We probably should put some little filler in the middle or some kind of like elevator music, but we probably won't. That requires too much work. Actually, I'm totally down for doing that. All right. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about is this Google. This piece... I am surprised that it appeared on Gizmodo. Pleasantly surprised. But they apparently a lot of people off in their time. Well, and they piss me and they have poor reporting in a lot of cases or just like silly things that people don't care about. But I think they're going back to their roots and really doing some quality right. investigative sort of stories. Like, right. like maybe you can completely disagree or maybe think it's crap, but 
it's still evoking is, is thought that, and conversation. Yeah, it's still a good, interesting perspective. And this interesting perspective comes from Matt Honan and basically says, Google right now is not about search anymore. It's about the data they collect and how they use it in their properties. Work. So right now, it's, it, this, this article points out two things. One is that Google doesn't really know that or has really understood that quite yet. And two, if that is happening, then search itself, this is also a case against searching. Right. So the argument here is that searching is deprecated in some ways because people don't really search. They just use Google products, their Google apps. Right. Um, which I completely didn't quite understand. I didn't quite follow that because I think people still are searching and people still care about I finding things. I think most people are still doing that. Right. But I don't think that people care about them within the context of the applications themselves. All right. So, for example, in mail, how often are you searching your mail? I, I Maybe more often than others, but how about in something like your photos or something like that? Because we can't search photos, but we browse through right, photos. Yeah, right. And because of the way that the app mentality is what I would coin as the app mentality is basically we think in compartmentalized chunks like, okay, if I want to get directions, I'll open the maps application. Mm -hmm. If I want to search for something, okay, I'll open the Google app or just search in that little Google the bar, bar in the corner. If I want to read the news, I'm going to open Flipboard or, you know, open right. up my you New York Times You just have a set space app. for each. There's a set space. And that's how people think. They tend to compartmentalize things. And even though we like to think we're good multitaskers, we're actually really, really not, poor right. at that. So the way this is, the, the evolution of the way we think has, has kind of blended into these applications. And thus, when we try to find things, we find things by just going to the application itself not necessarily doing a broad search. Sure. We've gotten really good at chunking these sort of things and understanding where the chunks are. So it's like kind of a meta organization rather than the organization within the app. So that's kind of like the philosophical take on this kind of piece, which is basically saying, well, search, if Google were gone tomorrow, would you really care? Like Google the search, the search Google. engine. Right. And, and, and I think that I probably wouldn't really care that much i think i would care about the search technology being gone but the idea of searching itself it just depends on how often you i think it really varies a lot by the individual right exactly it depends on your hobbies interests whatnot now some people say that google is the internet like take it in a different way um i watched a i watched a, a youtube video of this older man <laughs> who pulls up who's told, okay, I want you to browse the internet, is what he was told. And he's got a blank Mac OS X, you know, Just, desktop yeah, right. default straight out of the box. So he looks around. He, stand, he looks perplexed for a few seconds. Just kind of stares at the screen, observing, sort of mentally taking in this new environment because he's a Windows guy. And then the first thing he clicks on is Safari. Safari opens up with the top sites that are completely blank. 
Well, first he gets greeted by that Safari video, which right, if the you've welcome ever, to Safari, yeah. welcome, and then he just kind of sits there, and then he goes, "Huh, okay, so I don't see Google. I'm looking for it, but I don't see I don't, it." Yeah. So he's like, "Maybe if I Google for Google, I'll find it." Oh my! So he literally goes into the top bar of Google and he searches for Google. <laughs> so he types this in and he gets this. At that point, he's like, okay. Uh, so he tries to click that. This worked for me, but for him, for some reason, when he clicked on the left-hand side to Where click you on Google, see the Google logo. it wouldn't go th- to Google. And I feel like that, and I've seen that behavior before, that they turned that off. Hmm. So basically, like, this was sort of a, a parable of how people think about the, the internet, internet, which is basically, I Google for things. <laughs> so in my mind, his perspective is, yeah, Google's the internet, and searching is the way you do things on the internet. Now, that's changing, I think. I think that people, especially when they have their tablets... You know, like the iPad, for example, Google is not the first thing you see. Right. All those apps fly in and then you kind of just go from there. Maybe you're checking your email or something like that. So searching for something is not your first thing. Fact checking is kind of what you would search for. And at that point, then you use Siri or something like that if Apple has their way. Or if you use a Google tablet, then you're going to get a different experience. But the point is, is that searching is not on the forefront anymore. It's finding answers. And this is where his argument goes is basically... The next generation of using the internet is finding contextually based answers based on the applications that they use. It's not about just searching and finding random things and right, trying to right. sift it yourself. It's being intelligent when you search. That's the difference. Hmm. And I think Google right now is basically using their technology that they have core competency in, but they're not taking that next step and really, and really revolutionizing it. what they're doing. They're kind of sitting there right now, building their ad space, kind of understanding how they can monetize. But moving forward, that might not be the best strategy. So that's this guy's argument. And now I've personally thought about Google in a slightly different way in terms of the data uh, mining and privacy. And I think we've discussed this in uh, podcasts of old. Mm -hmm. But basically, if you look at like what is evil... <laughs> and Google saying they don't want to do evil, then we need to operationally define, I guess, what is evil anyway. Is it is it gathering data without your permission? Is it design unifi- unifying everything and making things a little harder to use? Is it um, killing off the sharing feature in Reader? There's numerous things that Google has done that can tick people off and might upset people. But is it necessarily, quote-unquote, evil? evil right? So what kind of line are we supposed to tread on before we finally throw the book at Google and say you're doing it wrong? The problem is I think that it varies so much by person. Like, if we asked every one of our listeners, like, do you search or how do you use Google and, like, how do you use the functionality, every single person is going to say something so different. I mean, almost everyone's probably going to say, well, I use Gmail. But, like, do you search in Gmail? It's exactly what you were saying. Like, I feel like... I don't know that there's ever going to be that line where ever, where we where we throw the book at them if that makes sense. Well, and and this is and the reason I think that that is the case is because Google itself is a new thing. Relatively new right. is this idea of using your data to customize your experience. 
It started with Google, and I think Facebook has made it a little bit more prominent, and now it's kind of going back into Google's territory. Right. That, oh, if Facebook can do that, we have we- billions of people <laughs> using Google. We can do that kind of thing, too. Except they're kind of doing it in a way that's a, that is so obviously shady. Right, a little crafty and weird. That so, people yeah. are a little turned off. So in that way, people will have to hold their judgments because of how big their data set is and how new the space is. People really can't say, hey, Google, it turns out you're doing an evil thing. Right. Whereas they're just innovators in the space trying to explore the boundaries of what they can do or not. And when there's a boundary that they tend to cross, people will cry sort of out say, hey, and stop. say, you're kind of doing this wrong. Right. And then it's up to Google as a denizen of the Internet, as someone who is responsible for shaping how the Internet is formed, to either accept that conclusion or completely deny it. Sure. And it de- it will just depend on how many times they deny this sort of thing. I think competition will help a lot, too. If we could actually get... I mean, I know Bing is slowly starting to make a dent in that. And Yahoo, to some extent, is on its way out. Or we right. don't see any more. But if we had competi- like real competition in search, maybe there'd be a little bit more of a... like. Well, reasoning. and I think that Apple is trying to contest that with the using Siri instead right. of using Google directly. So... It turns out that the most popular mobile device for searching is iOS. It's not Android, which is just kind of shocking. But basically, if the way we do things on the Internet is with mobile computing, then it makes sense that the person that has the best mobile platform will win the search platform. So right now, iOS is helping Google in that pursuit. But imagine when Windows Phone, if it were to kick off, have real how Bing could really become a popular space. But how popular would it really become other than just in the mobile computing world? Like, do you, How many Windows Phone users do you think would then start going to Bing on their desktop? Well, all it begins with is a little nugget of right, like, just happiness like, that, yes, it got what I asked for. Sure. And when it starts to become familiar, you anchor yourself in that familiarity and then you just go with it. That's so. Fair. And I think that I've just anchored myself with Google familiarity and I haven't bothered to change system preferences to really change it to something else. But if I did, I wouldn't really care. If I changed Google to be Bing instead, I really wouldn't care because because all of my Google platforms are plugged into other services. This is just me, but I use OS X Mail. Uh, yes, yeah, so And I. that is where Gmail's plugged in. I never go to the Gmail application. So, and if I were to search for some directions, then Bing has directions and stuff See, like I, that. See, I use the Mail app, but find myself always going to the Gmail client, well, the Google Apps client, because I don't have a Gmail account, but I have an Apps account. Right. And um, the search functionality is, I hate to admit it, just so great. And I use the, I use the Mail search functionality every day. Mm. But, well, I mean, I guess I am another special case here because I sort my mail. Oh, yeah, I mean... We can look at my... Oh, we, we closed my mail app labels. for the... Uh, yeah, literally, okay. it's labels galore. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. it just depends. Like, I like to... Even though I have them all compartment, you know, in compartments and like to only have like 10 things on my... Or 39 things and then have okay. an insane amount of labels, yeah. it's still, I find it easier to search for I it. I am way more than I do. I'm kind of a freak about organization. But anyway, I think... And... and Okay, that's funny that you mentioned that because if you were Google, you would say, "Why are you organizing?" R- that no, that's the case I've heard numerous times, like yeah. from friends or from colleagues. Just why are you organizing all this if you search it anyway? 
So I think just to put a like a little cap on this discussion, I think that basically right now Google stands at a crossroads kind of thing where people are wanting to become more socially connected with the things that they use and they're doing that through this sort of appification of thinking. Sure. Now Google hasn't quite figured out either yet. On the on the former search is their number one pro- platform priority and it's always going to be that way. On the on the other end, you've got their apps which are great but are not evolving in any sort of way right. for me to want to change or move to somewhere else. Like Facebook has succeeded because of the way they've evolved over time and rolled with the punches. And you've seen things change. Yeah, I mean, Google Maps I essentially looks the same Google as it has. I haven't seen change at all. And Gmail is like the same as it has when I got my beta invite in 2005. And if I were to extend this argument a little further, I would say I'm getting sick of Apple because they haven't changed either. We've mentioned this on the show before. I, I'm getting sick of the same iOS thing that I'm looking at. So eventually there's going to be this point where... Apple, because they've done this before, is throw the baby out with a bathwater kind of thing right. and go in a completely different direction. Sure. Whereas Google's kind of refresh the bathwater, if I were to just, you know, use right. the you crude use the analogy. But so it'll be interesting to see where this space takes us. Yeah. On that. Anyway, so that's weekly download episode number 34. And we'll see you next week. Absolutely. And remember, could be sponsored by any of you.